This episode is sponsored by Coal River by Ellen Marie Wiseman. With the smallest act of courage can come the power to change everything. Coal River is the haunting new historical novel by Ellen Marie Wiseman, internationally acclaimed author of What She Left Behind. A woman reeling from the death of her family is sent to live with abusive relatives in a Pennsylvania coal town. There she encounters broken young boys working under atrocious conditions. Her concern for them opens a window to the suffering of minors, the key to the healing of her past, and a budding love for a charismatic activist at the brink of organizing a very dangerous strike. Coal River by Ellen Marie Wiseman is now available everywhere books are sold and at kensingtonbooks.com. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 30, and today we are talking about great December book releases. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow well redhead, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Woo woo! Hi, lady. Hello. Did you have a good turkey day? Mm, I read books. So yes, the answer <laughs> to that would be yes. Perfect. Did you? Do. Yes, I did. I cooked lots of food and I ate lots of food and I also read books. I am officially back in the groove after Book Riot Live. Yeah, that was, that took a lot of, of, I don't even know. Of took everything. a lot out of me. <laughs> right. was, in like a really awesome way. Like, yes. it was just so exciting. And now, say Dun, dun, dun. Say it's it. happening again. Yay. We are officially going to throw that party again. And here is what we know so far. It will happen. It will be in New York and it will be next fall. We think November. There's a possibility it could be October, but we're looking at dates and we should have those by January or February. Um, but we will be throwing Book Riot Live again. It will it will be a Saturday and Sunday again. Um, there will be a link in the show notes to the post where we made this announcement so that you can sign up to be notified. If you came to Book Riot Live this year and you hung out with us and came to the live recording, we had so much fun. uh, And we would love to see you again. You're already on the email list. um, But if you have been thinking about attending or you're new to the show or to Book Riot, and you think you might want to come hang out with the whole crew for two days and meet a bunch of other book nerds uh, next fall, then you can click that link in the show notes and get notified when we have the dates, when we have the exact location, all of that business, uh, you will be in the know. And as, as we did this year, I think it's safe to say we'll probably discount the first round of tickets. So there will be a, you know, a bonus benefit to paying attention early on. But I cannot wait. I'm so excited. And, you know, just another like 11 and a half months to go. (laughs) Yeah, that gives us a lot of time to work on our synchronized costume dance. Yes. And to finally procure a two headed Snuggie. That that is true. We might want to do it. again. I mean, I assume (laughs) that we're doing another live recording. Well, we're going to do something. I don't know. We'll we'll do whatever our events director, Jen, tells us to do. It's true. (laughs) She is in charge. Uh, so we're doing a compressed show today. We're doing the whole month of December, basically, in one show, because December is relatively quiet as new books go. So quiet. Do you want to kick us off? I would, yes. Okay. Uh, the first book I'm going to talk about is called The Verdict by Nick Stone, and it is out on December 3rd, so that's Thursday. Um, it's a big, giant legal thriller I've not read many legal thrillers that I've enjoyed lately. Um, maybe, like, Defending... Oh, my goodness, I can't remember the name of the book. There was a book called Defend... Oh, Defending Jacob. That was a really good book. Have you read that book? I have not. Oh, okay. That's, like, probably the only legal thriller I've enjoyed in a while. Um, but this one is a big, frustrating, fabulous, twisty, turny, 
novel. Um, it's about a guy named Terry Flint, and he is this brilliant legal clerk struggling to make a name for himself in one of London's most prestigious law firms. And through randomness, he this giant case falls in his lap. And it is a multimillionaire who is accused of murdering a woman in his hotel room. Ooh. And so he, he Terry's not a lawyer, but he's, he's assigned to work on the case. And uh, so it turns out that the man accused of murdering this woman happens to be Terry's ex-best friend. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Growing up, he had a best friend named Vernon James. And they were very, very tight. They did everything together. Uh, they went to Cambridge together. But at some point, uh, Vernon... Accuses Terry of something. Things happen. They have a huge falling out. Ruins Terry's life. He's miserable. You know, he's trying to pull himself together. Mm-hmm. He's got a whole new life now. And here he is, Vernon James, at his door, accused of murder. So, the, all the all the clues, all the evidence, you know, all the witness statements point to Vernon being the killer. And Terry is kind of, he's kind of excited because he really wants to see, Vernon is now like this huge successful millionaire and Terry wants to see his downfall. Like he wants, he wants Mm. this. Like he's like, this is the revenge that I've been seeking. Um, But as he starts to investigate the case, he finds that his old friend may actually be telling the truth, however bizarre it may seem. Like it's, you know, like the evidence points to it, there being no other way that it could be anyone else. But he finds all this stuff. Then witnesses disappear, evidence disappears, old crimes are uncovered, um, there's backstabbing, blackmailing, you know, he's being followed, he doesn't know who he can trust, he might be being set up to fail, um, it's just, and they're not good people, neither of them, like, for the whole book, I'm like, don't do that, Terry, like, don't do that, oh, Vernon, Vernon's the worst, but... I love the, a good book about terrible people. Yeah, but, like, the plot is so intricate and well done. That that I just kept reading and being like, oh, oh, I have to know who did this. I have to know. Like, it's it's not one of those books that you're like, oh, it's so obviously this. I mean, it's so woven and just amazing. Um, so, yeah, it kind of reminded, I don't know why, but it kind of reminded me of Presumed Innocent. Like, I read oh. that many, many years ago when it came out. Maybe. Um, and as I was reading it, I was like, this reminds me of Presumed Innocent. And then somebody in the book is actually reading a copy of Presumed Innocent. And I was like... <laughs> Hmm. It's kind of like when I was reading Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, and I was like, this reminds me of Val McDermott. And then in the book, he's reading a Val McDermott novel. I was like, it's all coming hmm. together. So anyway, this book, great fun. Uh, it's called The Verdict by Nick Stone. And again, it's out December 3rd. So speaking of great fun, my first pick for December, which comes out on December 29th, is The Rogue Not Taken by Sarah McLean, who, of course, we love. Yes. Uh, this Like, love so much. Uh, This is book one in her new Scandal and Scoundrel series, and it was inspired by the Kardashians because Sarah McLean is nothing if not (laughs) well-rounded. She does so much deep, like, historical research for her books, but then there's also, like, the pop culture sensibilities that inform them. So don't worry. This is not, like, a Kardashian fluff thing. Someone left her, like, a really mean email or Goodreads review or something about the Kardashians. But let me assure you, this is great. Uh, the structure of the book, each chapter has a cute heading, uh, has a cute heading as if it's like ripped from the headlines of the gossip pages. Um, the main character is Sophie. She is the least 
exciting of the Talbot sisters. Um, their family is new money, which is not very fashionable in Victorian England. You're supposed to have money so old you don't even remember where it came from. Uh, and the rest of Sophie's sisters like to cause scandals. They're always in the gossip rags. Uh, she, not so much. Um, she catches her brother-in-law in a, like, the most compromising of compromising positions at this, like, basically a garden party that all of society is attending. Um, and so she shoves him into a pond with all of society watching. Um, and somehow, because Victorian England, she is the bad one in that situation. Like, she has embarrassed her family. Not the fact that her brother-in-law has his pants down when she catches him. Um, so she's, like, this, like, sets off her caper. Um, she's going to get away, she thinks, from... London. She's going to start a new life somewhere. But first, of course, she has to actually escape. Um, and so she jumps into a carriage. And it turns out that it is the carriage belonging to the Marquess of Eversley, whom she had met just a little bit earlier as he was climbing out a woman's window, uh, supposedly after ruining her. Uh, but there is more to that story as well. Uh, as romance readers know, Sophie and Eversley are bound to like each other, but also bound to find uh, some bumps along the road. Uh, he thinks that Sophie, like her sisters, is trying to trick him into marrying her. Um, she is really interested in anything but marrying him. And so a great uh, scandalous story kicks off about how they fall in love with each other, despite both of their really not wanting to fall in love with each other um, and the, the obstacles that pop up along the way, including what it's like when everyone is watching your family and reporting their every move and assuming uh, that you have the worst of intentions. It's so smart and so funny as all of Sarah McLean's romances are. Her characters are so self-determined. The women really know what they want and hold their own with these male characters that are supposed to be large than life. I just love the crap out of Sarah McLean's books. And The Rogue Not Taken is a really fun way um, to start a new series. So again, that's The Rogue Not Taken. Excellent pun in the title, by the way. And uh, that's out December 29th. She always has excellent puns. I like I know, to imagine so her sitting good. at home and just like coming up with these titles and forming these stories around them. Like, I know. I imagine that like, she has like a Google Doc of potential romance puns. And she's just, yeah. you know, like someday I'm going to get to that one. <laughs> And in my wildest dreams, I get to name one. Right. Oh. Yeah. Mm, what yeah. would you name it? Do you know? I, I, I don't know. I don't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> I, got, I finally got to meet her at Book Riot Live. She's so awesome. She is. She's so great. And she was on um, the live recording of Get Booked yes. with our good friend, Amanda Nelson. And they did a whole show of recommendation um, recommendations for romance and erotica reading. And it is body and great. Um, if you have not listened to that yet, hop over to the Get Booked podcast and take a listen. Speaking of listening, should I tell us? Should I tell us? Should I tell (laughs) just you and me? I'm going to whisper so no one else can hear us. Um, Should I tell everyone about our our sponsor? Yes, do it. Our first sponsor? Penguin Random House Audio is joining us again. Yay! Yay! Ooh, good job. Uh, Book clubs are a great excuse to get together with friends on a regular basis and enjoy each other's company, opinions, and conversations. Listening to the audiobook can also provide another dimension to the conversation as well. And, is, and also help book club members who don't necessarily have time to read still manage to participate. It's also a great thing to do so you can ignore your family at the holidays. So, if you yes. want to give it a try but you don't know how to start, go to penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash book club for title suggestions and other advice to help you get going. And this month is a giveaway, I believe. They're doing a, a gift pack. You could win a prize pack of best-selling audiobooks from this year. 
including Deadwick by Eric Larson, uh, Sue Grafton's X, hmm. uh, Rogue Lawyer by John Grisham, and The Girl on the Train. Everybody knows The Girl on the Train now. Yep. Um, so if you go to penguinrandomhouseaudio.com, you can find information about these bestsellers and more and possibly win audiobooks. Sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm listening to a Penguin Random House audiobook right now that I'm loving. What is it? It's Troublemaker by Leah Remini. Um, yeah, she is an actress. She played Stacey Carosi on Saved by the Bell. I think that was probably the first time that <laughs> I like, saw her. This is the most random of Leah Remini references. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first exposure to Leah Remini. She's probably the most famous for playing... Um, now I can't remember the character's name, on The King of Queens for nine seasons. Um, and she was a Scientologist. And uh, she was raised in Scientology since she was a small child. Um, so this is her memoir of growing up, particularly growing up in Scientology, how she became an actress. And then I think ultimately we will find out about all of the reasons that she left Scientology. It's so good. She, I love celebrity memoirs on audio when they read them themselves. Um, Amy Poehler's is great. Mindy Kaling's are great. Aisha Tyler's is great. And Leah Remini's, I think, is the most fun that I've had listening to a celebrity memoir, probably partially because I'm also fascinated by Scientology um, and sort of fringe religions in general. But her voice and or she's so expressive and wonderful. And that Brooklyn accent is so fantastic. Um, it's just really fun to hang out with her in the car and at the gym and while I'm walking the dog. And I highly recommend it. It would make an interesting book club selection, too, if you have a book club that's open to nonfiction. There's a lot to chew on there. She really does have a fabulous voice. It's so wonderful. This is one of the best audiobook experiences that I've had. Oh, well, thank you to Penguin Random House Audio for sponsoring the show today. Woo woo. So the next book I'm going to talk about is called Drawing Blood by Molly Crabapple. I always feel like I can't say the word drawing right. Like it's my main accent. Oh, uh, I you know I'm like drawing when we don't even pr- we don't even pronounce our R's here in this state, and yet I feel like I'm saying drawing. Um, no, it came out just fine. <laughs> Everybody's talking about this book. Yes, because it's gorgeous and amazing. Um, it's a memoir, but it's also heavily illustrated by Molly herself, and it's beautiful. Uh, she is one of the most amazing artists working today. She makes these incredible pieces. They're very um, Ralph Steadman like. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with Ralph Steadman. He illustrated a lot of stuff for Hunter S. Thompson. Um, oh, so they have okay, like yes. these fabulous like splatters and splashes of ink and color, but they're also very detailed and just beautiful. Um, and this is a really fascinating memoir, mostly because she's a re- or mainly because she's a really fascinating woman. Um, she's always been interested in art. She talks about when she was a little kid. Her grandfather was an artist. Um, her mom had like the coolest job. She illustrated toy packaging. Oh, Before fun. that was like a computerized thing. She would like draw the illustrations like you saw on like the Cabbage Patch dolls and stuff like that, which is so cool. Yeah, um, that's awesome. I can just imagine like going to school and being like, I got a Cabbage Patch doll and be like, my mom my drew mom that. Drew, yeah, no kidding. Like, like big deal, you know. <laughs> um, but she wasn't a big fan of school or socializing and uh, she sought refuge in her art and she, she practiced and as soon as she graduated, uh, she applied to art schools, but then she decided to take off and explore the world and draw what she encountered. Um, and she, she goes to Paris. She befriended the owner of Shakespeare and Company. This is in the early beginning of the century. So the owner, uh, George, I think his name was, he was still alive at that time. And they became really good friends. And she spent a lot of time there. And then she traveled to Morocco and, and, and did drawings there until her money ran out. Uh, and she had to come back home, which is a drag. Um, and she struggled for many years as an emerging artist. Uh, she worked as a nude model. She worked as a suicide girl. 
she did uh, photography to supplement her income while she kept submitting her work to everybody and everyone. Um, and then she was, you know, she kept trying, even though she was very frustrated. Like, her, her best friend was working at The New Yorker and having cartoons published, and she was like, <laughs> man, you know, what a drag, you know, working $10 an hour as a nude model. Um, she's also a really vocal activist. She spent a lot of time protesting for causes she believes in, as well as documenting these gatherings in Inc. Um, she was a big part of the Occupy Wall Street. Um, and she talks a lot about what it is to be a woman knowing that you face the threat of harm if you want to accomplish the things that you want or need. Like whether it's traveling alone, or posing naked in a guy's apartment for money, or, you know, running from the police at an arrest. Like how that is different for women than it is for men. Mm. Um, but she's just, she's so cool. She's just so cool. And like I said, this book is, is illustrated beautifully. Like she tells a little story and then there's like an illustration of it and and her art is just incredible. Um, it was really fun to read this and really interesting. And again, it is called Drawing, Drawing Blood by Molly Crabapple. Speaking of awesome ladies. Woohoo! We're just, you know, we're easing back into the segue business here on all the books. This is like a woohoo show. I know. This is a woohoo show. So the author of this next book is a friend of ours. She happens to be a Book Riot contributor as well. And before that, she was an editor um, at many years for Simon & Schuster. She edited some great books uh, that we loved. She edited a few friends of mine uh, who wrote wonderful books. She's just a lot of fun. And she's a smart, awesome broad. I think she would be fine with being called a smart, awesome broad. And her book is called The Life. Life-changing magic of not giving a shoop <laughs> or uh, of not giving a fox. Fox is cute. We debated about which way to go. So um, in lieu of bleeping myself, we'll just I'll just alternate between those two. Uh, so last year, or maybe it was earlier this year, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo sort of swept the nation. And that's swept the world, really. That's the book where you hold every object that you own and you ask yourself if it sparks joy. And if it does, you keep it. And if it doesn't, you get rid of it somehow. Um, and then so this is like a hyper organization book. And it tells you like how to fold your socks the most efficient way and where to keep your shampoo in the bathroom. And like, I don't even vacuum my house on a regular basis. I am never going to read that book, but I'm going to read Sarah Knight's loving parody of it. Um, Sarah Knight's life was changed by the Marie Kondo book of tidying up. Um, But then she started thinking about like how to tidy your inner life, essentially. And so this is a book that it is a parody of the life changing magic of tidying up, but it's also actually a useful self help book about how to identify what you don't want to spend time and energy and thought on anymore, and then not spending time and energy and thought on those things, basically empowering yourself, freeing yourself to shed obligations and to identify what your priorities are. The idea being that once you stop giving a fox about the things that are a drain on you or that don't matter to you, you can then commit yourself to giving many foxes about things that you do care about. You can sort of commit yourself wholeheartedly to the stuff that really matters to you and stop wasting time and energy and emotional effort on other things. Um, So the book has practical tips for how you identify those things for, you know, like the best way to decline going to a baby shower that you definitely don't want to go to. Um, And it's also just, I think, very validating. I am already a practitioner of the methods in this book. I'm... um, I so wholeheartedly endorse. You're so almost there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is. Um, I co-sign this. I co-sign this book. Um, Sarah Knight and I 
I think our soul sisters in this way of just not getting into stuff, not letting your mind get, you know, worried about things that don't matter to you or that aren't worth your time. So you can focus on the things that really do matter. There's a lot of, you know, great stuff in culture about not giving a fox and how cool it is to be a person who doesn't give a fox. But I think that ultimately that's because it does enable you to give a fox about stuff that matters, Um, whether that is your work or your family or your garden or travel or all of the above. Uh, so it's it's funny, it's smart, it's liberating. We all know some people who need this book. Um, I think it would be, it's coming out on December 29th, so you can't quite give it as a stocking stuffer, but you could give it to like that friend who usually kicks off the year by trying to totally change their personality or all of their habits. Um, and maybe they could be successful instead at getting in touch with what they really want. Um, so congratulations to Sarah. We love her. We're so proud of her. And the book is The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fox by Sarah Knight. Yay, <laughs> of course, it's actually Sarah. it's actually the F word in the title. And um, this marks the first time in Hachette's long and storied publishing history of putting out a book that has the F word in the title. Congratulations to them. <laughs> yeah, that's a great first. Good job, Sarah. <laughs> Woohoo! What's I wonder if she on? gets a plaque. <laughs> She gave them their first fox. Yep. (laughs) So my next book is actually a part of a series, and I want to just talk about this series because um, this is the the 12th book is coming out. Whoa. So it's the Brian and May series by Christopher Mm -hmm. Fowler. Um, I learned about them. I don't know how I missed them because I received a copy of this 12th book that was coming out, and I was like, whoa, number 12, how did I not know about 1 through 11? So I went back, and I've read the first few, and they're so, so awesome that I was like, oh, well, you know, I have to I have to talk about these. Um, I have not gotten to the 12th one yet, but... Um, so it's the Bryant and May series. They're, they run the Peculiar Crimes Unit in London. Um, nice. they're, they're two elderly detectives, Arthur Bryant and John May, and they are in the basement, and they get all the bizarre cases, kind of like Mulder and Scully. That's they're like awesome. the, they're like the British Mulder and Scully, except like super super old and awesome. Not that Mulder and Scully aren't awesome, but they're not super old. Anyway, I digress. We're <laughs> <laughs> just babbling. Um, so these stories range from World War II to the present, uh, and they're so cool and weird. And you're like. I remember I started reading the first one and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then I was like, this is like super weird. And how does he think of these things? Um, the first one took place in an old theater during the Blitz and it involved like a monster that was stalking people in this production. Um, there was one about a woman who drowned in her completely dry basement. What? Um, yeah. And it, so the new one is called Bryant and May and the Burning Man, a peculiar crimes unit mystery that comes out on December 15th. And like I said, this is number 12 in the series. And the newest one takes place during a protest in the streets of London. Uh, someone throws a Molotov cocktail at a bank, and it kills a homeless man. But this being a Bryant and May mystery, it is, of course, more complicated than that, and it turns out that the random act of violence may, in fact, be a cold, premeditated murder. Hmm. So it just sounds awesome. Um, there's, like, Guy Fox Day in this one, and just, they're, they're really cool. Like, very odd and really really detailed and weird and i love them so I, I i fully intend to keep going like i'm, I'm going all the way plus i, I was no looking doubt. i was looking and it looks like there's some like little stories and this the 13th one is almost out i'm super jealous of people in the uk who get to read this before i do um feel free to send it to me so 
Again, those are The Bryant and May Mysteries by Christopher Fowler. Awesome. Uh, before I go to my next pick, our second sponsor this week is us. Hey, uh, it's- us. It's the holidays and you need to buy stuff for people and probably also for yourself because if you're like me, you do the like two for you, one for me method of holiday shopping. Uh, So you can do that at the Book Riot store. You go to store.bookriot.com and you can get bookish socks and t-shirts and hoodies and we've got awesome new coffee mugs. Um, One of them is a heat responsive banned books mug that when you put a hot beverage into it, the banned um, titles appear like the things that are blacked out become visible and there's one for <laughs> the breakfast of champions by kurt vonnegut which that i know one is you have so awesome you have that t-shirt i know you're gonna end up with that mug soon mm. <laughs> I love the mug. I'm definitely getting it. We are running a bunch of fun sales through the holiday season. If you're listening to this show on release day, on December 1st, then um, you can take advantage of the last day of our Cyber Monday sale, and you can get 30% off of everything in the store, which is an especially great deal on the more expensive items like the hoodies. Um, The Read or Die hoodie is the softest hoodie I have ever put on my body. It's so great. Um, Our Zip Up Book Riot hoodies are also really wonderful. If you want to, you know, wear the team colors, you can do that. And starting on Friday, on December 4th, we're going to have some deals, including when you buy two pairs of socks, you get one free. Uh, So keep an eye out for that. If you're looking for stocking stuffers, you won't do better than adorably bookish socks. And, you know, there's something for everybody. We've got tote bags. We've got notebooks. We've got little pouches that you can use to hold pencils or makeup or whatever um, when you're traveling. I... I run the Book Riot store and I spend more of my own money in it than I should acknowledge. Uh, So I'm certainly a biased person here, but I think biased in a good way. Uh, Check out store.bookriot.com and get your holiday all bookified. All right. Okay, so we're moving on. I don't have a good segue for my next title, um, but it's called Stoned Jewelry Obsession and How Desire Shapes the World by Aja Raiden. Um, Raiden or Rodden, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. She worked at a fancy auction house for many years. And for the last seven years, she has been a senior designer for Takori, which is one of like the premier, very swanky jewelry designers. They do like really glitzy, incredible engagement rings and wedding rings and everything with diamonds and all sorts of stuff. So she knows of what she speaks. Um, This is a book about how eight jewels shaped the course of history. And she starts with looking at essentially the social construction of jewelry, like how do we decide that this rock, this one particular rock or mineral in the earth is a jewel and these other ones aren't? Um, and then how do we make the jewel into something that people want? Um, and what do the things that we want indicate about, you know, society and the rest of the world? So how does America, like not just Americans, how does humans obsession with jewelry and with having pretty things to put on your body, pretty rare things. What does it signify about how we think about wealth, about how we think about love and expressing love, all that stuff. Um, It's a mix of pop science and history, really an interesting take on looking at the world of jewelry and of stones, you know, precious, rare stones. And, um, It put me in mind also of a great novel that I read a few years ago called The Engagements by J. Courtney Sullivan, um, which is based on the real life person who the woman who invented the Diamond is Forever ad campaign and how that ad campaign is really the reason that people now expect to get a diamond ring when they get 
engaged. Uh, it's a totally fascinating piece of culture that I think we just take for granted. Like, of course, jewelry is a thing. Of course, if you're trying to ask someone to marry you, you give them a jewel. Of course, you know, like diamonds are fancier than rubies, which are fancier than other things. I don't know. I'm like, I'm not a jewelry buff, but I'm going to learn more. Um, I love taking apart the social construction of just about anything. And I think jewelry is totally fascinating. Uh, I have read part of Stoned. I'm really looking forward to finishing it. And it comes out on December 1st. Again, that's Stoned, uh, Jewelry Obsession and How Desire Shapes the World by Aja Raiden. I I would get engaged if someone gave me a kitten. (laughs) You know, I'm fine with that too. You're going to open your front door and there's just going to be like a pile of people holding kittens after this show air. <laughs> oh, that would be nice. Um, so my last book that I'm going to talk about is called Sophia by Michael Bible. And it comes out on December 8th from Melville House, one of my favorites. Oh, they're so um, good. So have you ever read a book and you thought like, I have no idea what I just read, but I loved it. Like, yes. I, so this is one of those books. It, um... The, a couple of my favorite books are like that. Um, Duplex by Catherine Davis mm. uh, or Orange Eats Creeps by Grace Krulanovich. Uh, I read them. I love them. I had no idea what was happening. Uh, and the same is in this book. But it, it's just a slim, amazing little novel. Um, because these books are, like, books like that are not pointedly obtuse to the point of pretentiousness. You know, like, some people write books like, it's not supposed to make sense. And it make, right. makes you feel stupid if you don't it's get it, Ulysses. you know. It's not Ulysses, yeah. But they're strange and interesting and coherent enough that it keeps you reading. And and this is such a book. Um, so what I think it's about, <laughs> from, what, from what I can understand, is it's about a preacher who is into drinking and drugging and fornicating, who is kicked out of his church. So now he lives on a boat, and he chases women, and he hangs out with his friend who is a chess master. And he's sort of narrating the story to him, or the things okay. that are going on to him, if you can call it a story. Um, but I could be wrong about all of that. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but And then in between these lyrical bursts of sometimes really profound wisdom, uh, he's had some really great sentences that I was like, whoa. Um, there are descriptions of how different saints died, which oh. is, is really um, disturbing and interesting. Uh, it's just, this little book is like, it's really poetic, and it's a bit filthy, mm. and it's a lot funny, and I, I loved it. I was just like, I don't know what just happened, but that was great. Like, it's it's very strange. Um, I, I don't really know what else to say about it, because I'm like, I don't really understand it. It sounds very intriguing. Yeah, and it's very tiny. Like I said, very tiny. It's like 120 pages or something. Um, but I loved it. And again, it's called Sophia by Michael Bible. I had to bail out on duplex because no one warned me that it was that kind of book, which I like that kind of book, but I packed it for the beach last year. Oh, no. I know. And I was like, oh, this is so great. So many people have told me things about this book. And, you know, it was like the middle of my beach trip and I was maybe on a margarita or two and I was trying (laughs) to read it. And I I think I read the first two chapters and I was like, what is happening? And so I thought that I was just beach drunk, but apparently... I was feeling how you're supposed to feel reading the book. I wish someone had told me I'm going to have to go back to reschedule. Yeah. You should pencil that in for another time when you're sober. On like and a very sober reading day. Right. Because I don't understand it, but I, I loved that book so much. Cool. I will definitely go back to that. Um, my last pick this week is Descent by Tim Johnston, which just came out in paperback. It comes out, well, today. 
December 1st, when, or whenever you're listening to this, it's available. And this was one of the first books that I read in 2015. And I remember spending, like, I read it in one sitting and I spent like a cold winter day curled up, like what is going to happen in this book? Um, this is about the Cortland family. They are taking their last vacation together before their daughter, Caitlin, goes off to college. They're in the Rocky Mountains. Caitlin goes out for a run with her brother and only her brother comes back. Uh, the family refuses to give up hope. They keep searching for Caitlin long after the police efforts have ended. And so we see the family and their efforts. We see how this tra potential tragedy, how at least the loss, the temporary potentially or permanent, who knows, loss of Caitlin has affected um, her parents, how it's affected their marriage, how it has affected her brother and the whole family dynamic. And we ultimately see exactly what happened and where Caitlin went. I don't want to say anything else about the plot because I don't want to spoil anything. This is so suspenseful. It's kind of brutal in so the in the <laughs> yeah yeah kind of brutal is probably putting it mildly. No, it's, yeah, it's pretty brutal. In um in what you get to see, uh, if you have triggers, I guess about yeah, this is trigger warning worthy of um for violence against women. Um, kidnapping, that sort of thing. Maybe steer clear. Um, but it is terrifying and so heart pounding. And I was really surprised by it. I like I often can sort of call what's going to happen in a thriller. And there were so many moments where I thought that I knew where Descent was going to go. And then it didn't go there. It went somewhere totally elsewhere. Um, and I was just so surprised. I was riveted by it. It's a great, um, good suspenseful read if you especially if you want like something to curl up with on a dark winter day and just scare the pants off of yourself um, if you're even wearing pants. And if you're wearing pants on a regular basis, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. Um, anyway, that's Descent by Tim Johnston, and it's out in paperback. And that is our last pick for December. We'll be back next week with the best debuts of 2015. So what are you going to read now? I'm excited because um, I discovered Unnamed Press this year. Although I think it might be their first, like, I think they were just starting publishing this year or like in the last few months. But I have loved them so much. So many of their books brought me joy this year. Um, Escape from Baghdad, The Fine Art of Foxing Up, uh, The Long Fire, The Revelator. They started out their first year with a book with the F word in it. So they, you know, they came out strong. <laughs> um, and they have a book coming out next year called The Sadness that I'm very excited about. Uh, so their last book that they're publishing this year is called Year of the Goose by mm. Carly Hallman. And it says here that it involves the it takes place in China and involves the lives of a snack food heiress, a hair extension magnet, and the nation's most cherished goose. Sure. It says they collide in this satirical debut novel. So I'm I'm on board because I love everything they do. That sounds great. Um, I am about halfway through Three Moments of an Explosion, a collection of short stories by China Mieville. It's so good. It's so weird. His brain is just such a weird oh place. Goodness. And I love it so much. And I was like, we, we excuse me, we put up the Christmas lights in the house earlier this week. And so we've been turning all the other lights in the house off and like sitting in the dark in the evenings, either watching TV or I was reading this on my iPad. And I was like, Oh, what am I thinking reading China Meville in the dark? <laughs> like, do I never want to sleep again? Um, some of them are so terrifying. I haven't yet gotten to the piece that everyone says is the scariest thing that they've ever read. Um, but I've read a few that are scary 
enough. Uh, so I'm really enjoying it. I just love how creative and different his stories are. His use of language is really fun. Um, and everything's weird, but tangible. Like it's a weird world, but I can picture exactly how his weird worlds work. Um, so I'm enjoying that. I'm looking forward to finishing it up tonight. I think that's our show. That's our show. So um, thanks again to our sponsors. You can check out Coal River by Ellen Marie Wiseman at kensingtonbooks.com. Go to penguinrandomhouseaudio.com to get more information about book club picks and about the giveaways that Liberty talked about. And of course, stock up on all your bookish goodies at store.bookriot.com. You can drop us a line at allthebooks at bookriot.com. Talk to us on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. And if you've got a minute, if you would rate or review the show on iTunes. That would be the very best of holiday gifts for us. It helps uh, us to know how we're doing and it helps other people who are searching for bookish podcasts to find their way to us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we don't have the time, but you can read about some more titles out uh, today and in December in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter written by me. Happy reading. Happy oh. reading. <laughs> we got out of sync. One, one, two, three. Happy, Happy reading. reading. <laughs>